Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Pananto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how is it going? It is going well, Nick. <laughs> I've been feeling like I really need to revamp my intro you wanted, to the show. You wanted to switch things up a little, huh? Yeah, so I decided instead of adding new words, just put in different pitches. <laughs> uh, Matt, I assume you've seen some movies this week? I... As have I... Uh, well, I was just going to confirm that I have. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, what movies did you see? Um, I saw Ant-Man uh-huh. and Avengers Endgame. Okay. And I saw uh, Robin Hood from 2018. Ooh. And, yeah. And uh, I also watched Terminator Genesis. Oh. Yeah. So Man, You should have thrown in... Uh, Robin Hood from what 2010 or whatever that had the Russell Crowe in it. The Russell Crowe one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what would you like to start with? One of my movies or one of your movies? Well, I think we're going to be having a pretty spoilerific discussion of Endgame, so we should probably leave that for last, right? Yeah, sure. Um, tell you, what, it sounds like you got a, a pretty good ball of suck. So why don't you start first, and we'll throw Ant Man in between. Okay, uh, let me start with uh, Robin Hood from 2018. This was terrible. <laughs> um, it stars. Uh, it was directed by Otto Bathurst, which feels like a fake name. Certainly does. And, and uh, it stars Taron Egerton from uh, the Kingsman movies, yeah. and Jamie Fox and uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Mm-hmm. And uh, while we're watching Robin Hood. Uh, my wife goes, Jamie Foxx. Oh, is he playing Morgan Freeman? What? And I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, I'm I'm pretty sure he's playing the same character that Morgan Freeman played. And then she went, oh yes, of of course. Um, this was really bad. Um, the uh, so it's like the it's basically take the movie Batman Begins, but make it about Robin Hood, and uh, there's your plot. Gotcha. And uh, it's not good. It's a movie that tonally is all over the place, doesn't know what it wants to be. And what I what I really figured out at the end of this movie is that I bet that they initially wanted this movie to be like a post-apocalyptic sort of Hunger Games um, setting. Where because like the the costumes in this movie do not look like medieval Europe or or you know like ancient England yeah. or whatever it looks like like future fashion, right? And, yeah, I, even the coats look like those kind of puffy checker stitched coats, right? Or there's like a sort of squares all yes. stitched into it. Yeah, like that quilted kind of look to it, but yeah. like without that without the the 1500s feel. Right. So I feel like that was an idea that they had but didn't go in on it. The girl who plays Maid Marian, uh what's her name? Eve Hewson. Um she's terrible. 
I mean, really bad. She has an accent for about three seconds, and then she's just an American for the rest of the movie. Um, she, I mean, like she, like you've got Taryn Egerton who's got a British accent, and Jamie Fox who is playing like this Moorish guy. And he sometimes has an accent, but then this girl shows up and she starts to talk and she's just like, Hey, what's up, Robin? Robin Hood, I'm Marion. You're just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And uh Tim Minchin is in this movie, which is weird. He's this comedic um musician that I really like. And uh, I did not expect to see him in a movie. Um Ben Mendelssohn plays the sheriff of Nottingham. And his job is basically to just yell a lot. And it's really bad. It's so stupid. <laughs> like, I guess the conceit of this movie, like I said, is the Batman begins. But, like, Robin Hood gets sent to uh, fight in the Crusades. Uh, and he has to leave Maid Marian behind. And while he's fighting the Crusades, which is shot like a modern... Like, the the way it's done is they're, like, running around in... in Arabia or wherever the crusades were taking place and and it looks like they're running around and they're supposed to be like special forces from today's time uh-huh. like they're wearing like camo kind of uh like tan camo clothes but you know they look it's that costuming thing we just talked about right and they're like running around corners and they're like cover me cover me but they have bow and arrows and they're like leaning around corners and 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 firing arrows like two at a time kind of a thing so it's 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 like that like it looks like a modern war movie but but with these ancient weapons and i'm like this movie could have been if they just decided to make it in the future but like after electricity falls apart or something like that or the world falls apart this could have been a cool movie and and the the guy who plays Robin Hood, the Taron Egerton, I like him in this movie, but really? it's yeah, like I think he does a, a good job. Like I like his Robin Hood, but the movie around him is just so bad. Jamie Fox is largely wasted, and Ben Mendelsohn, all he does is yell. And like, there's this one scene where, uh. So Robin Hood is trying to get in with the sheriff of Nottingham. Like his his Robin of Locksley character is is trying to sneak into the the elite upper crust of uh, Nottingham, and so he's like making good with the sheriff of Nottingham. And they're like hanging out one night, and the sheriff tells him this story about when he was at boarding school, and the priests or whatever would would beat them at night. They were like, he starts saying how the priests would come in reeking of, of alcohol. And you're like, Oh man, is this going to be a rape story? And he says, and they would start beating us. And when, and when they were done beating us, they would go and beat the younger children, but they would use the broom handles to do it. And then as a mercy, they would give the children brandy. They would pour brandy down their throats as a mercy, and he goes, I still hate the taste of brandy to this day. And and we're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, why did he tell us that story? And, and it doesn't come back at all, except for this one moment when, when 
Robin Hood is fighting Ben Mendelssohn at the end, and, and Robin Hood says, do you want me to beat you with the broomstick? And you're like, oh, so now you're just making fun of him from when he was getting beat as a child? Like, Yeah, what's that about? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's It just seems like Ben Mendelssohn was like r- riffing on the set. like It was just improv of him telling a sad story. And then they were like, well, we got to make that part of the movie. It was so great. It wasn't. And uh, that's, I think that's really all I have to say about Robin Hood from 2018. <laughs> it's, it's, the action in it is pretty terrible. It's a movie that feels like it wanted to be directed by Guy Ritchie. Like uh-huh. it, has like, it has like, did you ever see the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies? I saw the first one. Uh, it looks like that, like a lot of like slow motion and then fast motion, kind of like a Zack Snyder yeah, just kind of a stylized. feel. Yeah, but but done very poorly. Mm-hmm. And and this movie could have been a lot of fun if it was like a tongue in cheek kind of adventure. Uh, there's like this one moment when Robin Hood is is robbing. Uh, I forget what, like some sort of church thing, and he's robbing it and. He he's in way over his head and he has this look on his face like I am in way over my head. And and both my my wife and I both went at pretty much the same time. Why can't the movie be more like this? Like it's this really cool moment where he's just like, holy shit. Uh, And then he has to get out of this mess that he's in. And you're like, why couldn't we have a whole movie like this instead of the hodgepodge of crap they gave us? Mm -hmm. It could have been a cool movie. It's pretty disappointing well you know not that it's super important or anything but just i'll just have you jump in my head here for a minute when you were talking about the broomstick thing because uh-huh. i was like picturing people holding the the other end of the broom <laughs> so, <laughs> like and and just trying to like hit someone with it but having it be real gentle because you're just holding the the, the brush the part. straw or whatever yeah yeah <laughs> 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 I almost hit myself with it. But uh but yeah, that that movie really looked like a mess. I'm not too surprised. Hey, how yeah. like I know you said Jamie Foxx was kind of wasted in it. Um uh-huh. my I'm kind of hot and cold with Jamie Foxx. Sometimes I think he's good, sometimes I think he's really bad. Like mm-hmm. h- how was he in it? I thought he did okay with with the what he was given. Mm-hmm. Um like we're, when we're first introduced to him, he's terrible. Um, he's, he's supposed to have like this 20 year old son who gets beheaded by the, one of the bad guys. in I, I keep wanting to say Afghanistan, but in Arabia and, uh, and so he then loses his hand, like they chop his hand off Okay, and then, and then Robin Hood helps him escape. And then, and then he comes with, uh, he like, he, he makes his way to, oh yeah, that's the other thing. In order for Robin Hood to get out of the war in Arabia, his commanding officer shoots him in the stomach with an arrow, and then and then he, they put him on a boat back to Nottingham, and that's how he gets home. And when he when he gets home, he has been declared dead in the war months ago. So it doesn't make any sense. But uh, but Jamie Fox. But back to your question, Jamie Fox is. Uh, He's he's pretty good in this movie. Like once he decides he's not going to do the accent at all, uh-huh. he uh he he's a lot better. And and it seems like they he wanted to have a lot more fun with the movie, but the movie wouldn't allow it allow it. Gotcha. 
Yeah. It's okay. it's largely it's largely a pretty big misfire of a film. Uh and it's a shame too because uh, I was in the mood for like a a fun adventure movie which this movie was not. It was not fun. <laughs> Had you not heard this? I mean, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know how bad it was going to oh. be. Like it wasn't really even fun to watch. No, Although that's that's is, what a lot of people are saying. It's like it's pretty boring and it was boring. Yeah. And and the storyline doesn't make any sense. Like the plot, like the main plot of the movie is the sheriff of Nottingham and this uh, Catholic cardinal are conspiring against the King of England by finding. They're like taxing the hell out of the uh, people, uh, and they're taking the money and sending it to the Arabs in the crusades like they're financing the enemy of king richard oh. basically and what they want to do is they're trying to win the crusades for the arabians so that king richard loses and is killed in battle so the sheriff of nottingham can become king of england or something it's so convoluted and that's stupid. his next in line <laughs> right yeah exactly that's 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 what's going on in the movie oh i dropped the thing um, but yeah, that's, that's the, uh, the main plot of the movie. Oh, and that's revealed, that's revealed to the audience by the sequence where, so like, t- uh, Robin Hood, I don't know how to say this guy's name, so I'm just going to call him Robin Hood. He, um, he needs to get into this room with the Cardinal and Ben Mendelssohn. And so he just kind of like storms in and says that his friend has been stealing and and they're like, oh, okay. And the Cardinal's like, who's this guy? And and Ben Mendelssohn's like, oh, he's uh, Robin of Loxley. He's a friend of mine. He can stay. He's a friend of mine. I trust him. He can stay. And and the Cardinal goes, very well. Here is my evil plan. <laughs> 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 that sounds very organic. Yeah, and Robin Hood just stands there like, hmm, okay, well, I guess I have to go now. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Just ridiculous. All right. Uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about Robin Hood. Cool. But when this girl talks, oh, man, it's so funny, because everyone around her speaks with an accent, and then this girl's just like, everyone is, hello, what's this then, Robin Hood? Hey, Robin, it's me, Marion. <laughs> uh, all right. So you watched Next Ant-Man. up then, yes. Ant-Man. Uh, I'm a little behind the curve on that. Um, uh, you know, the plot is uh, this guy gets out of prison. He's a thief. And he gets more or less hired in a way by a guy who makes shrinking technology to try to protect shrinking technology from bad guys. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm just going to kind of go through my notes because I'm pretty sure at this point, everyone has seen this movie and um, I, I, you know, I'm not going to spoil plot twists or anything, but just like, here are some things that happened. Well, um, I've, we've, Oh, you've seen, seen it. it so. Yeah. 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 So, so, so you can spoil away if you like listeners, Ant-Man. Yeah, I don't think I, I will because I mean I don't have notes that I don't want to sh- like that I'm like oh I wish I could say that but it's a spoiler but so this, these might be some mild spoilers. Um, so the bad guy, <laughs> this is my first note. Bad guy, 
Is he a bad actor or just unlikable? To be resolved later. I think a little bit of both. Yeah, I'll, I'll answer that later on. But um, well, you know, you might be right. <laughs> um, I, I thought there were some things in this movie that were kind of cute, like when uh, Paul Rudd or whatever whatever his name is um, gives his daughter like an ugly rabbit doll. It's uh-huh. like it's like this hideous thing, and she's like, "I love it." <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> the kid's cute. Um, this might sound kind of dumb, but there are a lot more ants in this movie than I expected. (laughs) Um, they're all over the place. I didn't realize they were such an integral part of the plot. Um, and, uh, or like the, you know, the, the operations, um, at some point in this movie, I guess this is a little bit of spoiler. At some point in this movie, Ant-Man has to fight with Falcon and that whole thing is goofy. Uh-huh. It it just seems shoehorned in, and then the fight itself is goofy and weird. Um, and there's this – the mechanics of Ant-Man don't make any sense to me because at some points he has to run really quickly because he's so tiny. And then in other moments he can basically fly. Like he, he just bounces around the room, and I'm like, they don't really know what they're doing here, but whatever. It's a fun movie. It's meant to be fun. And I think they they kind of take that for granted sometimes because it did take me out of the movie here and there where I'm like, well, why don't you just do that all the time? If you can fly all the way across the room, why are you running so slowly up someone's arm? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's see. There was a one, one point where I was like, wait a minute. Since when can an ant fly as fast as a helicopter? <laughs> 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 and again, there's a lot of that stuff. And it was shortly after that that I came to a conclusion on the uh, on the bad guy. And my note says the bad guy stinks. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think he is supposed to be pretty over the top, but I think the actor also wasn't very good. Um, when I, I guess a lot of my issues with this movie, the complaints are the mechanics and stuff, because when they're small, it's as if everything happens in slow motion, which kind of makes the opposite of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like if it takes a half a second for a salt shaker to fall from a table to a floor, why, if you're much smaller than it, would it not seem like it's coming at you even faster? Cause it's a gigantic thing. That's still only taking a second to travel. What seems like a lot of space. Um, and I'm making a lot of complaints here because these are the observations I was making while the movie was playing, but I did enjoy it. Um, One of the other complaints (laughs) (laughs) is that, like, he turns big a lot for no reason. Like, he'll just be in the middle of a fight and go from being small to being big and, like, land in the grass. And I'm like, why did he just turn big there? And it happens over and over and over again. Um but I think most of this movie is leading up to a train, a, a fight that takes place on a train set. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is a lot of fun. Um, I think uh, now I'm, I've mentioned before, I don't do drugs, but if I did, I feel like this would be the movie to watch. <laughs> like when it comes to some of these strange things happening, when things are huge and d- things you don't expect to be like changed in size, get changed in size. And then there's a point where he goes like 
what was it called? Like like microscopic or something. I mean, it's smaller than that, but whatever. He, he's like as big as a proton or something. And yeah. there's this whole weird quantum world that he goes into. And uh, and that's just kind of trippy. Um, but I think that overall, like the story's very simple. Um, the characters, for the most part, are likable, except for Michael Pena. He's entirely annoying in this movie. Oh, you uh, didn't like him? Oh, God. I just wanted him to shut the hell up. Oh, um, but I'm, I, you know, I'm not like a Paul Rudd fan. He's never uh-huh. like grown on me. Um, but when he's there, he's likable enough. And and in this movie, like I, I like him in the Avengers movies. Again, when he's there, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I'm having fun with him. I, th- I think he's actually a pretty good actor. Um, and this is like a good role for him. Um, so Ant Man recommend. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the Ant Man. Uh, it's a fun heist movie that gets like a, the the super battle at the end shoehorned into it. Like I, I think it would have been a lot better if it was just about the robbery instead of uh, uh, at the end where he has to fight that guy. Mm-hmm. Did but did you like the train set stuff? Oh yeah, I thought that was phenomenal. Okay, like like what were they? They're like in life or death, and then it does that wide shot where the. Yeah, it's all, tra- everything's just normal. It's just normal, and then like the train just falls off its side a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, and then uh, you can tell like Edgar Wright was originally supposed to direct, to write and direct that movie. Yeah, and uh, they, he had some creative differences with with Marvel, and he was eventually, I think, removed or he removed himself from it. But you can still feel his presence in the movie. Like, there's a lot of Edgar Wrighty stuff in the script still that uh that I think is is the freshest stuff in the movie is the the stuff I think is from him that like makes the sense. uh yeah. like the uh the Michael Peña stuff where he's like where he's like talking for other people like they're yeah. doing like the flashback stuff like I feel like that's all Edgar Wright I feel like the the train sequence the train set sequence is all Edgar Wright pretty much There's anything a, that seems fresh anything that seems fresh and fun is Edgar Wright yeah yeah, the, the the Michael Pena talking and it like you know being his voice with other people speaking that that's kind of fun. Uh-huh. Uh, I just I just didn't like him. Like I would have rather seen someone else talking <laughs> or or heard someone else talking in other people's faces or however you would describe that. Um, yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah. yeah, actually, you know what? I'll throw this out there too. Like Michael Douglas, not someone I'm really a fan of, but I was like, okay, he, he belongs here. It's a pretty good, pretty good role for him too. Yeah. It was fun. It's a yeah. fun movie. The, uh, the second one is a little bit of a step back, but I haven't seen it a second time yet. Um, the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's as good, but I think it's because the humor didn't quite land for me. But I feel like if I gave it another shot, it might it might be a little better. But uh, just haven't gone down that road again yet. We almost yeah. watched it last night, really. Um, but then we decided to watch Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of regret. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that all you got for Ant Man? Yeah, that's it. Uh, all right. Then that brings me to my second movie. Terminator Genesis. Oh, God. Sega Genesis from 2015. Directed by Alan Taylor. And this movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, a newcomer to the film world. No. He, um, 
Um, it also stars that guy you can't stand, Jason Clark. Yep. Um, who I didn't realize he was in this. Uh, it also stars Amelia Clark. Uh, I'm guessing no relation. No. Uh, between the two of them, uh, Jai Courtney plays. Uh, so Amelia Clark plays Sarah Connor, and Jai Courtney plays Kyle Reese. And this movie starts out. It's like the first twenty minutes of this movie take place in the post-apocalyptic Terminator-filled future, where Co- or John Connor is like the leader of the human resistance. Uh-huh. And it's about him going to send uh, Jai Courtney or Kyle Reese back to 1984 to protect Sarah Connor from a Terminator. And it's bad. This movie is not good. This movie's not good at all. Um, it's got some good moments, uh, but but overall, it does not make any sense. And and it's not good because of the weight of all the other Terminator movies behind it, that it's trying to retcon, I guess. Yeah. And have you seen this? No, I've, I've seen reviews and things. So I've seen a lot of clips and probably know most of the plot. Um, but I wasn't really that interested and could not stand the idea of looking at that guy's stupid face. Cheap shot. Cheap. Uh, oh, the Jason Clark guy. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. What, what did I say? Who did I say? He looked like the guy from Fox. Uh, the guy with the bow tie. Oh, Tucker Carlson. Yeah, Tucker Carlson. Huh. So wait, hang um, on. Was there a Terminator movie between Salvation and this? I don't think so. Okay. All right. I guess it's the only one I haven't seen then. Yeah, this was the only one I hadn't seen either. And so Jai Courtney gets sent back in time to 1984. And when he does, he runs into a T-1000. Um, that is not Robert Patrick. It's some Asian guy. And he's like, he's like, what is a T-1000 doing here? Also, I've never seen one of these before. So like, it's, <laughs> it's like he's like running away like, oh, God, it doesn't make any sense. The, the timeline for this movie is so out of whack. So... Let me take a step back and and bring you along. So John Connor leads the resistance to the Terminator's time machine. Oh, don't worry about spoiling anything either. By the way, okay. So so he go he leads the resistance to the Terminator's Earth Christ Skynet's time machine. Uh huh. And and at the exact same time that they're attacking the time machine, there's another group of humans attacking like skynet's main base in colorado somewhere and if the colorado mission succeeds all of the terminators will shut down and skynet knows skynet has like the time machine as their last ditch attempt to survive and they send a t-800 or arnold schwarzenegger into the time machine just as all of the robots die. And John Connor says, okay, Jai Courtney, you got to go in the past and protect Sarah Connor. And John Connor, Christ, Kyle Reese is like, (laughs) Kyle Reese is like, "Uh, okay, I'll do it. And then we have this long drawn out scene of him trying to get ready to go into the time machine. Uh And in order to go on the time machine, now this is something that shows up many times is you got to be naked to get on the time machine. 
Um, is that their way of getting Amelia Clark naked? Uh, it is their way of doing it, but you don't get to see anything because it's a PG 13 Terminator movie. Yeah, I thought so. And so I'm like, what is even the point? So, like, they have these, this one sequence where, God, this movie's so convoluted. Um, so they, as, as Kyle Reese is going back in time, he sees a Terminator somehow is still alive, attacks John Connor. And he's like, no. And while he's traveling back in time, he starts having extra memories of himself when he was a kid, but not in the post apocalypse. And he arrives in 1984. He gets chased around by a T-1000, which is, the, for those not in the know, one of the liquid metal Terminators from Terminator 2. And, and as he's just about to get killed by it, a armored truck crashes through the front of the, the store that he's in. And it's supposed to be like the store that he steals the clothes from in the first Terminator movie. Uh-huh. And this truck crashes through, hits the Terminator and knocks it out uh, out of commission for a minute. And Amelia Clark opens the door and she says, come with me if you want to live, because you got to say that in every Terminator movie. Right. And he gets inside and in the back, in the back of the armored car is a Terminator, an Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator T-800, I think. An old geezer Arnold Schwarzenegger or a, like, CGI young Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, yeah. I meant uh, the one in the back of the car is old Arnold, but there is a young CGI Terminator walking around, too. And they have to destroy that. And they're able to kill that Terminator so quick and so easily. It doesn't make it... It makes the first Terminator movie seem so stupid. Like, all... All of the effort they go through trying to destroy the Terminator in the first Terminator movie, and they're able to do it with like one shot to the heart with a super gun that they have. Yeah, that happens uh, in a lot of movies where it's like, here's this big bad, but then later there are going to be a bunch of them, so they're going to just yeah. be pretty expendable. Yeah, it's true. It's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. Um, the so the movie continues and. Basically, Sarah Connor says that when she was nine years old, a Terminator tried to kill her. And the Hmm. person that saved her was the Terminator in the back of the car, which is the Arnold, old Arnold. And they, he's like, why is he so old? And he says, my, uh, cellular (laughs) exoskeleton, uh, may be biological, but it still ages. So he's, he's like, I'm old, but not obsolete. And, and so, like, that's the excuse for why Arnold is old. And they just, and they say, all right, well, we got to stop Judgment Day. Let's go to 1997. And Kyle Reese says, no, that Judgment Day doesn't happen. Let's go to 2017 and stop Facebook from becoming the, uh, or Genesis, from becoming the the new Skynet. And they have this argument about it, and eventually they decide to go to the far-off future of 2017. Because remember, this movie came out in 2015. And uh, and so they do. They go to 2017, where everyone is obsessed with their smartphones and Facebook or Genesis. 
is is about to launch a brand new operating system that's going to be on every computer in the world. Wait, are they more obsessed than people actually are, or was it pretty much just reality? Oh, m- way more obsessed than than people actually are. Oh, okay. So, like at one point, um, they when they tr- when they teleport to 2017, they they get hit by a car on on the freeway in Los Angeles or San Francisco or something, and they uh, they have to go to the hospital. And while they're getting stitched up, this one doctor is just on his phone the whole time while stitching up Sarah Connor with staples. Oh. And and they're like, what is Genesis? And he's like, oh, you don't know what Genesis is? It allows me to stay connected 24-7, seven days, whatever 24-7 means. And and they're like, <laughs> and like, he can't take his eyes off his phone for a second. And they're really playing into the cell phone uh, obsessive culture we live in now. And and how devastating it is for people because it's going to lead to our destruction from the machines. Uh, the movie's so stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's really bad. You should watch it. I think you'd get a kick out of it. It's uh, it's really bad. Just put it on the list of movies we we could do a commentary on and let the listeners. We definitely vote. could. We could. We could definitely do a commentary track for this movie because it's so. It, it was. <laughs> It was pretty bad. It does have some fun moments. And I like Arnold in this movie a lot. Like he does a great job. Like there's this one sequence that keeps coming back where um, since he's known Sarah Connor since she was a child, um, he she's like tried to teach him things like how to smile and stuff. And he does this. He does this uncomfortable smile thing whenever his pictures getting taken. Mm -hmm. And and it's actually pretty uh, effective. I've, like I've definitely one... seen at least one of those scenes. Okay, where where he smiles and it's like, it's just like how you would almost sarcastically smile, but like amped up to ten. Yeah, yeah. There's like this one part where they get arrested, and for some reason the song "Bad Boys" from Cops starts playing, and and that's really out of place because it's supposed to be the year 2017 and they're playing bad boys right which is a song from i think 1989 and anyway they're all they're like getting their mug shots taken and then arnold is getting his picture taken and he just smiles his creepy smile and i was like that's pretty funny my kids are apparently murdering each other upstairs I, I don't know if you can hear that um and so um and then there's this other moment where Arnold gets like launched through the air and he lands through the windshield of this cop car uh-huh. that's chasing them. And he looks at the cop and he says, hello, what a nice day. Get out of the car. <laughs> and, the cop, and the cop just gets out of the car and he takes it. It's pretty good. It's it a good gag. Um, but uh, but like if if your main comic relief in an action movie like this is the unstoppable killing machine, uh-huh. it's uh you know you've got issues tonally. <laughs> How are um, Amelia Clark and Jai Courtney? They're I think she does okay. I think she's she's supposed to be Linda Hamilton from the first Terminator movie. And she just seems a little too young. Like, I don't know how old Linda Hamilton was when they, when they made the first Terminator movie, but she seems like a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, where, whereas Amelia Clark is like a young, like, I don't want to say a young lady because she is, she is a woman, but like, 
she doesn't seem as mature as Linda Hamilton did in that first Terminator. Yeah, movie. she's pretty like fresh faced, and Linda Hamilton was probably like eighties thirty. Yeah, and uh, that, that's a great way to put it. And and uh, but but I I think she did it okay, especially with the material she was given. That's good. Um, I, I want her to do well. <laughs> like, I want her to be a good actress, and sometimes she's not great. Yeah. Um, I just found out that she's British. I didn't know that she was British. I saw her yeah. on a. I didn't. I saw her on a uh, talk show this week. I think it was the Jimmy Kimmel show, and she was speaking with an English accent. I was like, "Oh, look at that!" And then in this movie, she just has an American accent. Mm-hmm. And um, I, if I didn't know any better, I would just assume she was American. So she's got the voice acting down, I guess. Yeah, so it's more than a lot of actors do. So. Yeah, so now I've seen every Terminator movie, and I can say that there are only two good ones. The first two. Yeah, the first two. Now, they got that new one coming out. Is that this year or next year? And, uh, uh, I mean, James Cameron's involved again, which makes me kind of interested. But at the same time, it's time to let this franchise go. Yeah, I don't think James Cameron means anything to me at this point. Oh, you know what I forgot to mention is the whole plot twist of this movie. <laughs> That's why I said you could spoil stuff. I didn't know. Yeah. I, I just forgot about it. So, like, the main bad guy of this movie is John Connor, <gasps> the leader of the resistance. He gets turned he gets turned into a terminator. He's a terminator. Can you believe it? And it's like a no. a nanobot terminator. So, so he's like, he's a, he's a, he's covered in tiny little, he, he's just a bunch of tiny little robots in the shape of a man. And, uh, and his plan is to help Facebook come to life and become Skynet and launch all the nuclear weapons. And, uh, that was kind of an effective scene at the beginning of the movie. They show judgment day happening and it was, it was, it was pretty cool, especially for a PG 13 movie. Um, but uh but overall this was like a bloodless terminator movie like it's a, a terminator movie needs to be graphic you know like people are being terminated like i don't think anybody really dies in this movie huh. honestly like they're in the future when they show like the future war stuff there are a couple of sequences where people are died but you don't really get to see it like like, like at least in the first Terminator movie, it has like '80s blood splatters and blood packs. What are those called? With squibs, the, uh, squibs, like squibs going off left and right. This movie has no blood at all, and uh, yeah, it's pretty disappointing. It was way better than Robin Hood, though. <laughs> well, I guess that's not saying much. I'm thinking back to Terminator Two, and I'm like, tons of people died. I don't think there was a lot of blood, other than when the the guy gets uh, sword armed through the face while he's drinking milk. Oh, there's a ton of blood in Terminator 2. And like all those people, like um, John Connor tells the Terminator not to kill anyone. Yeah. And so he just he shoots him in the knee. No, I'm just saying actual blood. Like there are people who should be bleeding because they're getting shot. But mm-hmm. in terms of like blood, I don't think there's actually a whole lot. Like even that guy who gets a finger drilled through his forehead. It's not a bloody scene. It's still violent. Uh-huh. Um, and like I said, tons of people die, but 
there's there's not a lot. It's they're not they're not like gory movies. I, I I'm not arguing that your point isn't made. Like I get what you're saying. Like the the body count and everything is just completely different here. Uh, uh-huh. But I was just kind of surprised by that in my own mind, where I was thinking back to Terminator Two and going for all the people that get killed. It's not very gory. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, but, the guy uh, literally gets a metal finger through his head, and there's not a drop <laughs> of blood there. Yeah. Oh, and you should see how fast they take care of the T-1000 in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, like I mean, the the bad guy, the like you said, the big bad guy from the second movie is dealt with in like five minutes. Right. And they, they know exactly what to do with him. It's uh, It's pretty ridiculous. They don't do anything with the the TX or whatever from the Rise of the Machines. There's no electric Terminator. Mm-hmm. There's no sexy Terminator lady <laughs> in this movie. Um, and then I don't even I don't even remember Terminator Salvation. Like I don't even know what happened in that movie. I just remember, except half that, of it was oh, awful, and scenes with Christian, Christian Bale were good. Yeah, Christian Bale scenes were good, and he yelled at that guy. Yeah. <laughs> For walking in front of his light. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the like movies with that whole things just getting amped up and amped up and how what used to have a lot of drama doesn't anymore makes me think of like Jurassic World. Or like people are just like, oh, no, a giant dinosaur that could eat us. But there's a bigger one later. So this one we're just going to kind of walk away from and be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Is that is that it for Terminator? I think that's it for Terminator. Genesis. Genesis. All right. Endgame. Yay. Um. So Nick talked about this one last week, and uh, I'm sure he will contribute to conversation here too. Uh, but don't forget to check that out if you want to hear his first fresh take on this movie. Um. I really, really hated this movie. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) No, I thought it was great. Um, Oh, really? You thought it was great? I I totally do. Um, It's a little hard to differentiate the movie just as a movie from, you know, the the accomplishment that it is within the context Uh that it's in. Um, and I don't think you really need to anyway, because it's not the sort of movie you should just go see if you haven't seen other Marvel stuff. Like it's not meant to be a standalone movie. Um, but even in terms of enjoyment, I mean, like some of the, the enjoyment for me was like, even when it comes to the storyline, I'm like, I don't know if this is a great storyline, but it's a really great way to tie everything together and it's a really satisfying conclusion and culmination of all the stuff leading up to it. And I feel like that I don't mind basing my judgment of it and and evaluating it on those merits, because I think if I were to look at it in some other way, some of my complaints, which aren't very heavy complaints would have more weight to them. Like for instance, there are a ton of people that get like one line yeah, and it's kind of the nature of the beast. And if it were a different kind of movie that you'd just be like, this is stupid. Why, why am I watching a movie where there are a hundred people and barely any of them do anything. But in the context of, you know, 
the last 22 or 21 movies up to this point, like it works pretty well. I, I did want, I mean, like if, if the movie were another hour long, one of the nice things about it would be you'd get to see like Black Panther have a few more lines and Captain Marvel not seem quite so like, hey, by the way, we're going to spoil the hell out of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Captain Marvel not seem quite so like they're trying to keep her out of it. Um. But, you know, in terms of not making a movie ridiculously long and managing to bring things together as well as they can and allow there to be enough time, like in the first maybe two thirds of the movie for there to be main characters who do get to express emotion and you get to see kind of the the gravity of what they're feeling and going through. I feel like it's really well balanced out. I think the writers did a great job and it's a great way to bring things together without it just being overly simple. Like I was expecting the whole movie to sort of just be this like deus ex machina and it's like, all right, we got this way to fix everything and done and it was stupid and we didn't need it. And the last movie should have just been infinity war. Um, but I don't think that happened at all. I think it was sufficiently, I mean, like in the very, very end, like the the actual winning where Tony Stark stole the the gems off the glove. I'm like, well, that could have happened in the last movie. <laughs> <laughs> but so that that actually was a little bit like, oh, well, that's a little bit of a letdown. But everything up to that point was sufficiently complex enough and involving enough to to really not have any of the disappointment that I had anticipated beforehand. Uh huh. So that's that's my overall review. Um there are things that I'd like to like highlight, but I want to give you some space too now that you can spoil things to like say what some of your favorite stuff was too. Uh well why don't you start and I'll uh I'll jump in. I'll interrupt when I need to. Okay. Well I'll i I'll start near the beginning and that's to say like I did not expect Thanos to get killed in the first few minutes of yeah, the movie. I know, right? I didn't see that coming at all. Like, like everything about this movie, like all the trailers are from like the first 15 minutes of the movie. Uh huh. And it's like, wow, this is a completely different movie than I thought we were going to get. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff that I just hadn't anticipated. Like one of my favorite things in the movie was the Hulk. And uh-huh. I had not anticipated at all that his character would be doing what he's doing. And, and just sort of be like, I kind of want to see more of that transition. And I guess, you know, they let him talk a little bit more in Ragnarok. So, uh-huh. so there was some space there for that. Um, but in spite of not getting to see the, the growth or whatever, um, I was okay with it being implied and it was kind of fun to be taken by surprise a little bit by mm-hmm. this Hulk. Who's just like enjoying life. Yeah. Like, uh, what's the, who, who are they with when, uh, when they're at the restaurant and those kids come over to get a picture with them? Ant-Man. Ant-Man and Ant-Man's like, you want a picture with me? I'm Ant-Man. They're like, nah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're like, oh, you just look like, well, you look like you just woke up from a nap, meaning you look like Paul Rudd. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked 
I liked how uh, I just liked like I liked the way the movie started with just Hawkeye on house arrest still from Civil War, uh-huh. and like he just like turns around for a second, and then when he There's turns back, his whole family was snapped. Did you see the dust? Uh, I did not. Okay, so not so first he turns to see his daughter, and then he turns to see his family. When he turns to see his family, nothing's there at all. But when uh-huh. he turns to see his daughter, the first turn, and he's like, wait, where'd you go? He wouldn't know it, but so he doesn't recognize it as anything, but there's uh-huh. dust floating away. Like she had just been Thanos snapped and turned into dust. So you oh, actually, really? okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that. Did you see it in IMAX? I did not. Okay. I have heard that the movie looks very different in IMAX versus regular film. So like if it was shot on IMAX cameras, mm -hmm. which is cool. One of the, one of the complaints I heard was that if you saw it, not on IMAX, the Hulk looks kind of gray instead of green. Um, Mm. he looked green. Well, I don't know. I I didn't see it in uh, a normal vision or whatever. Oh, you Um, did see it in IMAX. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's what I'm 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 thinking maybe it's a little easier to to see the dust cuz it was kind of subtle. Like it, it it's definitely there, but I it, it needed to be faded enough that he wouldn't really notice it. Uh-huh. Um so it is just sort of these little remnants in the air. Yeah. Um but it was a cool touch and sorry, you were saying that 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 scene was a nice way to start things out. Yeah, it started everything on the. It started the whole movie on the down note that was the the that was Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Like 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 Infinity War uh, ends like Empire Strikes Back with everyone having lost, and and this movie starts off. You're like, all right, let's strap in for this Avengers movie. Oh, I'm sad again. <laughs> oh, and uh, and you like you get a taste for you get a taste for how the world is. Like mm-hmm. the, uh, and another thing that I liked is how Thanos, um, when, when he figures out that his plan to snap the universe is going to fail, um, how he resigns himself to, well, I guess I'll have to try something else. And, uh, and because he, th- he thinks that by eliminating half of the universe that everyone will be happy, even though people seem pretty okay with, with the other half there. Um, and, and he realizes that people will just miss the half that's missing. So I'll just, I'll just do this again and erase all of the universe and rebuild it in my own image kind of a thing. Yeah. And, and I I forgot my point here. <laughs> uh, when he sees the future and sees that it's going to fail, he, oh yeah. I just like that. Thanos isn't like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Like he changes his plans. Mm-hmm. Which is why he comes to Earth because well one because all the Infinity Stones are there, but um, you know it's it's pretty great. Do you remember how he got to the future? To the future, he stole Nebula's um, pin particles. Yeah, her okay. pin particles. Now I don't know how he was able to make his ship tiny. Yeah, you got a whole army there. He got it. Well, like he keeps his army on his airplane, but like, um, but his, 
I don't know how he made his ship tiny and traveled through the fu- to the future, but um, the movie needed to happen. So, well, yeah, and there's a lot of stuff like that where it's like, yeah, we just told you that this is 20 light years away, but now that Captain Marvel has grabbed your ship, she's gonna right. fly 7,300 times the speed of light <laughs> to, yeah. to get you back to Earth. Yeah, the um. Yeah, that's one thing that I liked about the movie is that um, the post credit scene for Captain Marvel, where they're looking at the beeper that Nick Fury had. Yeah, they don't revisit that in this movie. Right. They they just assume you've seen it, and uh, here we go. Like it's just it. Like like you were saying, this movie does not. This movie is not for you if you haven't seen the other movies. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it so, takes it it takes it for granted in a good way that you did your homework. Yeah, and so you never saw the second Thor movie, and the second Thor movie plays a big part in this in this movie, but that didn't affect your enjoyment of it. No, I knew enough about it. I knew his mom died, um, and I was you know I didn't know really anything about the um, Natalie Portman stuff, but the, huh. it, that was spelled out enough that I was like, okay, it's in her, cool. Get it out of her. Yeah. Does it make you want to go back and watch the second Thor nope. movie? <laughs> it's it's not a bad movie. It's just boring. <laughs> yeah. If I'm gonna watch something that's boring, it better be educational. And I'm pretty yeah. sure Thor: The Dark World is not. Yeah. So, no thanks. Um, I mean, I always I, like looking at Renee Russo, but no, I'll skip it. Um, the. Uh, I liked Fat Thor. I thought that was a funny gag. Uh, I I could have used a bit more kick-ass Thor and and definitely more fun Thor. I don't have a problem really with with Fat Thor or depressed Thor, but it it just if you're gonna have him in the movie for let's say twenty minutes worth of time. I would have liked the balance to go the other way more because Thor's really at his best for me when he's excited. Silly. One yeah. of, one of the best moments in this entire movie to me was when Captain America picked up Thor's hammer and it wasn't because I give a rat's ass about Captain America swinging Thor's hammer. It's because Thor was so excited about it. Uh-huh. Um which I understand is some sort of reference to uh another movie I didn't see Avengers two, but like either way I was like, I'm like laughing out loud. Literally. I was laughing out loud just cause I was so like with Thor being so excited in that moment. Yeah. Um, and I would have liked more, more fun Thor after a while. His mopiness just got a little, like kind of like a joke that's dragged on a little too long. Yeah. I agree with that. Like he's kind of depressed for way too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like Avengers Two plays a big part in this movie, um, which which makes Avengers Two a lot better in my head because there's a lot of stuff that gets set up in Avengers Two, like when you're watching it for the first time, that isn't resolved at all, and you're like, "What the hell was all this nonsense?" and um, and it gets answered in this movie. Like there's there's a sequence in Age of Ultron where um, the Scarlet Witch like puts a spell on Tony Stark. And he like dreams of the future where everyone is dead. Mm-hmm. And, and there's like a sequence where Captain America is laying on the ground and he's like in a bloody pile. 
uh, with all the other Avengers and, and his, his shield. Yeah, his sorry. his shield is is smashed mm. and and smashed like like Captain America's shield is at the end of this movie. Which, by the way, that is such an awesome shot of Captain America like tightening his shield that's all torn up, getting ready to fight Thanos and his army all by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, right before all of the Avengers come back, right? And um, but anyway, the the scene in Age of Ultron where where captain america's like saying to tony stark like you could have stopped this it's like when you're watching age of ultron what you're what's implied is that ultron is the reason for all this stuff and it's not like tony stark is imagining five years in the future or or seven years in the future where it's thanos and you're like oh okay that's that's something that I appreciate a lot more that I, I thought was just terrible storytelling in the second Avengers movie, mm-hmm. um, which, which makes <laughs> like, the movie a- like in justice league. Yes. What, I was just about to say that with or, the flash or, or Batman versus Superman, whichever it was that had the, I think it was Batman versus Superman that had the uh, f- dream sequence that flashed forward to something that they're never going to actually have in a movie. Yeah. Um, have you heard about that? Like, did you read any of the, like Zack Snyder's done a bunch of interviews lately about the justice league and Batman versus Superman stuff? I know he's been complaining about people complaining about Batman killing people, but other than that, I don't, yeah, yeah, I haven't really, I haven't really bothered to read anything coming out of Zack Snyder's mouth, but go ahead by by all means. But like his plan was, and uh, I am paraphrasing because I don't know it crystal clear, but like that stuff where the Flash comes back from the future is supposed to be like Lois Lane dies in the future and the Flash has to go back and, and all this nonsense. And then that sequence where Batman's in the future in the desert and, and Superman unmasks him and stuff. Yeah. Like that's not just a dream. That's like a flash forward into the future. Right. Like, like that's dumb. Like that's that's an example of of what the Avengers did, but poorly. Like that's kind of what you expect from a movie of this size and this spectacle is something poorly done. But all everything is just done so well. Yeah, like this movie has no business working. There's there's <laughs> like there's no reason that a movie of this size and scale should work as well as it does. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it should. It should make sense because people should put this sort of effort into making things. Yeah, you're right. But if you're saying, wow, this stands out so much from the norm that it's baffling, I, I, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. Um, there are definitely some some holes. And, you know, if you were to try to figure out all the time travel stuff, I think there are probably about 50 things you go like, well, this doesn't quite make sense. But it works well enough in the movie that it doesn't like, you know, take you out of it. Yeah. Like the um, like when they're trying to explain the time travel stuff and and what's it like War Machine and Ant-Man are like back to the future. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. And, and Hulk is like, look, we're just going to do our own thing here. Just either come along or get out. Yeah. Like, like like this is what's happening. We're going to do it no matter what. This is, these are our rules for time travel. Deal mm-hmm. with it. And I'm like, okay, I'm on board. Whatever you say, guys. Um, it's a, uh, it's so well done and so fun. Like, yeah, it is like, a lot of fun. Like, it's for a three hour movie to like not be boring at all. Yeah. Like, a good job. like there are some, there are some moments in the movie that could, could have probably been 
eliminated or cut, but at, at no point was I like, I'm bored uh, or like, this is boring or like, I'm sure when I, when I see it again, there'll be moments where I'm like, okay, this is a good time to go to the bathroom Yeah. or, or the, the funeral scene would be a fine time. Like most of that's just like, we want to show all these people. So here's these people, and here's this guy, and here's this one guy that nobody knows who he is, but he's the grown-up kid from Iron Man three, and um, he like uh, I don't know if you noticed this. It's a small thing, but I happen to notice at the funeral there's a little kid. I don't care or know who he is, um, but he's with some family, and he's just dead ass staring at the camera. No, I didn't <laughs> notice that. Yeah, I was like, what's up with this kid right here? Uh, um, and Audi Audi took me out of the movie a bunch of times oh yeah I gotta go buy an Audi now yeah there's a lot of Audi product placement there's Audi product placement in like every Iron Man movie too though Uh, Um, yeah you know but he's he's, you know just driving around in flashy cars and usually it, it definitely doesn't feel quite it didn't take me out of the movie in other places I think here part of it's that like the world is half dead. So to have him be like, yeah, and here I am in my new 2024 Audi G3X or whatever. I'm like, right. Um, there aren't even any birds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and actually, that's that's an issue. Um, and I know I'm not the first person to bring this up, but like with the whole Thanos snap thing, yeah. um, he killed half the resources too. Like, because apparently trees and birds and stuff died along with the people. So you've still got the same ratio of people to resources. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, how was your theater experience when you saw it? Like, did you have like people cheering and clapping and stuff during the during the movie? Um, it wasn't quite as perfect as I think some other people's experiences were. It was good. But there was a guy behind me who wouldn't shut up for the first 15 minutes or so, like who just kept like just commenting on shit to the guy next to him and the rest of us because we could hear him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if, if you haven't seen this yet or if you're going to go back, but you've already had the experience if you are going back. Um, the way the theaters that I go to out here are. Um, a lot of them have the option of like a lot of the 3d movies have seating. That's like two people sitting together in space and then another two people and in, in space. Um, I would like to see it that way. Um, because the IMAX theater is like the opposite. It's, it's the seats are comfortable, but it's like, there's none of the reclining and there's no space between people. It's like, they want to cram as many people they, as they can into an IMAX theater. Yeah. And this would have been perfectly fine. Like I probably wouldn't have even heard the guy if we weren't that close to each other, but there wasn't a ton of cheering. There was a lot of quiet, you know, so you could like kind of feel that everyone's pretty like invested. Um, once that guy shut up Uh and, uh, and when there were some good laugh moments, like the whole theater laughed, like that that Thor thing had all of us laughing when he was like excited about uh, Captain America getting his his uh, hammer. Yeah, M- Mjolnir. Yeah, 
Um, and then, and, um, and it really allowed for some of the, the more like uh, touching moments to be good. Like one of my, one of my other favorite moments in the movie um, was when Captain America says to Tony Stark or when Tony Stark says to Captain America, do you trust me? And he's like, I do. And it's just that Chris Evans for, for the, all of the like he looks like a douchebag but he's he's doesn't seem to be anyway uh-huh. um and and his acting as captain america has really grown on me because there's just, he just oozes with integrity and in that moment i'm like <laughs> yeah of course he's gonna say that and of course he's gonna say it exactly that way tony stark you dick <laughs> yeah. he's he's been good to you the whole time but yeah. but it was a nice moment for both of them even even though you know, um, not a huge fan of Tony Stark, and and the tension that they've had in the other movies has felt a little forced at times. Mm-hmm. It's still, and I, I'd say it's it's their acting in that moment still feels like you can't help but kind of feel the emotional weight and the like yeah. kind of chemistry of them. There's a there that whole sequence or or sequence where because Tony Stark is is on board with their plan that to do the time travel thing so long as he doesn't lose his daughter mm-hmm. he's he's like you know like uh, i'm on board so long as we don't change anything like we like we can change the snap but i want to keep my daughter and and like their their slogan or whatever for it is whatever it takes um and so like i thought there was going to be a storyline where um where tony where like captain america has to make a choice between um, saving Tony Stark's daughter and the world. Yeah. And, and like, cause the, whatever it takes never really comes into play. Like they don't really, they don't really put anything really on the line besides their own lives. Um, which, you know, is admirable, but like, but like, like at no point do you feel like, Oh, Tony's going to lose his daughter if this doesn't work out. Yeah. Because, because if it doesn't work out, Tony Stark's going to be dead too. Um, and uh, so, like when when they did that sequence where he's like, "Do you trust me?" and Captain America's like, "I do," and and you're like, "Oh man, are they going to have another fight?" And nothing ever comes of it, which I thought was a little disappointing, but I don't care. Yeah, I, I'll agree. It it didn't matter in terms of that moment. Um, like like that moment was good, but. As far as the the conflict moment where they're making that agreement, like that was that kind of didn't have payoff to it. Yeah, yeah. And and I thought and, the same thing. I was like, ooh, there's going to be a tough decision to make here at some point. And I, I thought it'd probably end up being. I think your idea is better, um, but I thought it would be more like Iron Man or Tony Stark having to make the decision that like the world matters more than his daughter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nothing really came of it. Yeah. I mean, I guess you, you can infer that at the moment that he talks to Dr. Strange, who's in this movie for three seconds mm-hmm. and goes like, I don't actually know what Tony Stark said, but Dr. Strange basically like, yeah, one way this could work. Um, that in that moment he's, he's pretty much going, Oh, well, I'm going to have to leave my daughter behind cause I'm about to die. Right. And, I don't know. I that that I didn't care. Like that that moment wasn't a powerful one to me either. 
Um, Thanos fading away like he did was was kind of cool. Like I thought he was still alive, you know. And of course, you're supposed to, you know, like like when everyone dissolved real quickly, but Spider Man hung around for an extra uh-huh. <laughs> like minute or two. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was kind of like that. Um, but I was like. As he was sitting down, I, I was like, oh, I wonder what this confrontation's going to look like now that he's sitting here and having some existential crisis. And then he it's like, so sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts to dissolve. And I'm like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that either. And I can appreciate that this movie surprised me in a lot of twists and turns. Uh-huh. But I do kind of want this confrontation. I'm like, put him back together. I want to see him cry for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I also want to see the movie of Captain America's adventures through time. Yeah. Like, 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 how does he return the soul stone? Like, is that how, cause Scarlet Witch is, or, um, Black Widow is supposed to get her own movie. Um, and everybody's saying, I guess it's going to be a prequel because she's dead. Dead, yeah. But, but like when Captain America returns the soul stone, does that mean he gets her back? And also, does he fight with the Red Skull at, on the uh, on the side of that giant mountain? That's a good question. So, I want to I want to know about Captain America's adventures through time. I also have questions about Captain America and his adventures in time. For instance, while he why does he turn into Joe Biden? <laughs> um, no, <laughs> but um, uh, old old Captain America is Joe Biden. <laughs> Um, there's, there's some truth to that. Um, no, I'm kind of wondering that like, while he's there hanging out with his like wife, are he and his wife seeing on TV how like other Captain America is out being a war hero? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like what's going on with that? Yeah. Like, does he just disappear for 75 years kind Mm -hmm. of a thing? Like uh, what's his, what's his long-term plan there? But, uh. You know, I guess he earned it. Well, and other questions. And I also, have. and here's another question. Well, yeah. let me interrupt you real quick. Wasn't Captain America dating her niece like in the last movie? Yeah, she doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, um, other question with, with time stuff. Uh, well, I guess I don't know if this is with time travel or with unsnapping the world or whatever. But like, how'd everyone get their phones back? Because as, <laughs> as soon as they're unsnapped, and this is five years later, Hawkeye's wife is like, oh, got my phone. Let me give Hawkeye a call. Well, I guess when she got unsnapped, her phone was still in her pocket. <laughs> Must be. Good point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That movie's got some flaws, but uh, I don't care. I don't care about any of them. Um, there is one thing that I actually... Uh, well, you know, I did. I did think Tony Stark taking the stones was a little bit of a letdown. The other kind of disappointment, um, and I don't, I really don't want to knock anybody because they did such a good job with so much stuff, and and any sort of flaw that's here is really outweighed by having made a lot of calls that were the right calls. But I, I when when Thanos shows up. And this army of grunts starts running at them. I'm like, ugh, I'm so tired of these like personality-less armies of aliens. 
I'm I'm just I guess I should say this much because there is a positive in it. I'm glad the climax wasn't that long. Yeah, because I do not need to see another like 30 minutes of people just killing faceless ghouls. Yeah. Yeah. They handled it pretty, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, it gave everybody, it gave all the Avengers that showed up something to do, but they didn't concentrate on it. I do wonder if, if they had, if there was a way for them to do maybe less inserts into other movies, like into the old movies. Um, if, uh, they, how, if, if that would have given more room for some of the characters who get snapped back into reality to breathe a little bit more, I'll put it this way. If there's ever another, if there's not going to be, but if there were ever another cut of the movie that had less of those inserts into other movies and more of the characters coming back and having space to talk or interact, I'd be interested uh-huh. in seeing that one as well. Um, yeah. But but seriously, this is a really good movie. Lots of fun. No, in in spite of my list of little quibbles there, like no real complaints. Nothing that like legit bothered me. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Oh, and here's, um, a, here's, a, here's one thing from – this is a switching gears for a second, but from Preview Corner <laughs> – because I wasn't going to just go back through all the same movies that you saw. Um, but I will say this, since I was, I'm going to keep bringing up the CGI issue and pointing out the difference between what people accept is good CGI, but isn't an actually good CGI lion King. That looks like some really good CGI. Like that stuff looks like you could touch it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Anyway. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on Endgame? Um, I liked when Spider-Man came back. Like, I really like, I really like Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Like, when he's, when, first, oh, yeah, here's my other thing. What's Spider-Man web slinging on during that whole sequence? Because there are no, <laughs> there are no buildings. <laughs> and yeah. He's just, like, swinging all over everybody from overhead. Uh, and then when he does, when he turns on the instant kill. Yeah. From uh from Homecoming, that was great. Yeah, you know, that's, like, that's like good. there's so many callbacks to the other movies that are done so subtly and done so so well that they don't feel forced. Like like going back to Terminator Genesis, um, they have so many callbacks to all the other Terminator movies where where like the come with me if you want to live or I'll be back and stuff like that is all in, in the movie and it's forced. It's so forced and terrible. Whereas in this movie, Spider-Man just is wearing his costume and he's like instant kill, which is like a two second moment from the Spider-Man homecoming movie where, where, where like, you know, exactly what it means, you know, exactly what's going on. And if you haven't seen the Spider-Man homecoming movie, I think the, the thing still makes sense to, to someone who hasn't seen it. Yeah. I think you could easily go, okay, that's a thing. Apparently I missed it. Um, did watching this make you want to see the other movies you haven't seen? Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to. Oh, no, no. The ones I haven't seen, no. I think there might have been a moment here or there where I was like, oh, I, I would maybe want to see the relevant scene or two or whatever from the second Avengers. But, but I even thought about it. I was like, do I want to sit down and watch the whole movie? Nope. No, I don't. Um, it's not bad. But it did make me 
excited to go back in the future to some of the ones that are yeah to some of the ones that I I did enjoy. Like I I really look forward to seeing Thor Ragnarok again and seeing Homecoming again. Um, so there are movies I want to go back to, but I, I can't say it made me too much want to watch any of the ones I hadn't gotten to. One question that I have for the Spider-Man universe is, I guess everyone in Spider-Man's high school got snapped because in the new Spider-Man movie, he's still in high school and all the characters are still there. So it's supposed to be like five years in the future. Yeah. All, um, all the relevant ones got snapped. Yeah. All the, all the main characters got snapped. And uh, so they're going back to like, they just go back to school. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how they, how they do that. And that comes out in like two months. I was going to say, that's, I think that's only like five or six weeks away. Yeah. That's crazy that we're getting a Spider-Man movie right after this. Well, and I mean, just think about it. Captain Marvel's still in the theater. Yeah, Captain Marvel was the number two movie last week because people went and saw it after seeing this one, or or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's incredible. The, the the one the track record that Marvel has for for pretty decent movies, and two, just the box office phenomenon that they are. Like, like I mean, this movie's going to make like. Two billion dollars, mm-hmm. e- easily two billion dollars. Like that's crazy, and I feel like it deserves every penny. Uh, yeah, I, I I gotta say, like it, it's cool that it makes a lot of money, um, but I think the real impressive part is is the quality. Yeah, and and, and it's the, that's not just me being anti capitalist. It's just also that like things like Twilight make money, but they're not good. Yeah, yeah. And, like this is the kind of movie that's going to be good. Like just like the Fast and the Furious movies, like those are entertaining um, and and fun, but they're not like this. Like like this movie, like this movie, I cared about the characters. Like I cared what was going on. It wasn't just like, oh, I wonder what exciting things going to happen in the next action sequence. Like in the Fast and the Furious movies, like those are those are fun action movies. But this this was like a a, a drama with action sequences. Mm hmm. Well, and you know, coming back to a specific example, when you say about characters, because like there are characters in these movies that I don't care about, um, but there are there are other characters that I really enjoy. Like I said, Captain America really grew on me, and even though I enjoyed the first Iron Man, <clears throat> I really didn't like Tony Stark after that. Um, uh-huh. But I was still like when he hugged Spider Man, I was like, oh, okay, I feel that. You know, like that's, that's a good moment. Um, and, and so, yeah, there is some investment. Whereas I feel like in other movies, that moment could fall flat and you'd be like, well, I know I'm supposed to care about what's happening right now, or I know I'm supposed to be tearing up or something, but whatever. Right. In this case, I'm like, oh yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I can't say I was too move can't say <laughs> shut up <laughs> i can't say i was too moved by the um what's the arrow face guy whatever his name is um and black widow fighting to sacrifice themselves yeah uh i felt that scene was compelling just because i didn't know who it was gonna be mm, fair enough i was like who's it gonna be who's it gonna be and i was pretty sure it was gonna be her because i was like 
it's a movie and they all are, they're all about family stuff and she doesn't have a family. So it's going to be her. And then it was, but, but I, I did kind of wonder though. I'm like, wait a minute. Hmm. If, if she dies and arrow guy was trying to broken arrow, what the hell's his name? Hawkeye. 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 If he was not letting her go. Does that really count as a sacrifice? I don't feel like it does. I feel like he would get back up there and Red Skull would be like, so what are you going to sacrifice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I felt the same way. Like, like, like uh, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Because when Thanos sacrificed Gamora, he was really upset about it. Uh, to the point where he, he actually, like, shed a tear, I mm-hmm. think. And... um. But yeah, like, I guess sacrificing yourself is the same thing as someone sacrificing you. So she so. should get the stone. Right. Yeah. She just did. She wakes up in that, that pool of water that I think looks very comfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah. I had, I, I heard someone say that they think that that takes place inside the stone. I thought that was interesting because I, I had kind of wondered, like, why does it teleport people to this place? Like, what is this place? Um, but someone had said, like, well, with everything being kind of amber colored, I think they're actually inside the stone. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, that's, that's kind of cool. cool. That's cool. That's a cool thought. Yeah. And that's uh, another thing that's really good about the this movie is it leaves so many things open for interpretation where, like, you can – like, it doesn't spell everything out for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it lets you let your imagination kind of run free with with certain things. Yeah, I think uh, I think Marvel really deserves to. Well, I guess this has to do with like what you're saying in terms of like the money and the bigness of it. Like it's it deserves what it's getting. It's earned it for a change. Yeah. Um, and here I'm like, I think they they could really they should really. I'm sure they are very proud. Of what they've done, so I think yeah. it'll be a long, long time before something so big and cohesive, you know, comes together that well. Yeah. I mean, I just remember like probably the last time that I felt like, wow, this has really worked, was the first two Nolan movies, um, and this is much, much bigger of an endeavor than that. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember watching the first Avengers movie, and I know. Uh, I know you didn't care for it, but I like it a lot. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking, how are they going to fit all five of these characters <laughs> into into one movie? And like, and this movie has, I think, close to forty characters, and like some get way more screen time than others, but but it all works. Yeah, I mean, they it, it, we'd be lying if we were to say that they fit them all in there, you know, just because Chadwick Boseman gets to say hi doesn't mean that yeah. Black Panther really was in this movie. Right. But that's one of the good decisions they made is to go like, let's not lose important stuff for the sake of, you know, just having someone be on the screen more as much as I want it. If yeah. they had done that, you know, who knows what they would have had to sacrifice. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's all I got for Maybe. Endgame. All right. Well, that brings us to our movie ranking list. Matt, you've seen two movies this week. I did. 
And I'm guessing both of them were better than Contagion. <laughs> right you are. <laughs> um, where is my ranking list? Okay. So I'm putting Avengers Endgame between the nice guys and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Wow. Into the new number five spot. Yes. Well, I think it's it's quite the endeavor, and they've done an excellent job and managed some amazing stuff. Uh, I I can't say I love it more than the other movies that are up there, uh, uh-huh. but I'm very impressed by it. Would um if if where would you put it against Infinity War? I I actually surprisingly I'd put it above it. Um, really? For, okay. for now, for now, I, I should I should qualify that because. Infinity War, I feel pretty much the same about as I did when I saw it. And uh-huh. I think that when it comes to coming back to a movie and wanting to watch it again or like what the movie is kind of in its own in its own right, this will probably change. Like Endgame is super impressive and I don't want to take anything away from that. They did a great job, but I don't know that that's a experience you have over and over again. You know what I mean? So I don't know that it's necessarily it, it, that I'll necessarily feel like it is a better movie in the future. Right now right. though, I'm going, wow, that blew my mind. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, and how many stars would you give it? Uh, I think I give it four and a half. 4.5. And I'm guessing that's a total recommend. Definitely a thumbs up on that. Okay. And then I'm going to put Ant-Man between Creep 2 and The Changeling. Okay. Into the new number 17 spot. And And I will... Huh. That's funny because I see that it's above Captain Marvel and I'm like, I don't know. I like, But you know what? Actually, I think I like the character Captain Marvel more now from the few seconds that she was on screen. Which I did, I did want more of her. I was like, oh, I, I, I dig did her you, uh, interacting with these guys. I want her to, I want her to get to play in the sandbox with these other awesome characters, especially yeah. Thor. She and Thor I, um, should have a movie together. I want to watch that. I forgot all about her until she showed up at the end, and then she did her like overpowered destroy his ship thing. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. I, I forgot she was even in the movie, and then and then like when the guns start shooting towards the sky and that orange glow, I was like, "Oh yeah, Captain Marvel!" <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about her completely, which is another credit to the film because it's like you, they introduced this character, they used her for what she needed to be used for, and didn't overuse her. Like it was great. I, I want more of her in it. I, I think I want more. Yeah, well, I, I just said I, I want more of her in a in a setting where she's like she could just rock out some Ragnarok sort of stuff. Put her in something fun like that. Um, but I did I'm looking, like. I'm I looking did, forward to the next Guardians movie if Thor's involved with them. That that looks like it would be a fun adventure. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, the what was I, I going to say? Um, oh, I I do think that like. When was it Rocket that was giving her shit? And she's like, "Yeah, I'm actually taking care of like thousands of other worlds that don't have the Avengers in them." Oh yeah, I think uh, it was War Machine, wasn't it? Okay, um, but I I thought that was pretty cool, and 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 just no, I think it was Rocket because I feel like after she said that, he's like, "Oh yeah, all right, fair point," <laughs> you know. 
okay. uh, but uh, I might be wrong on that. But um, but I thought that was fair enough. I was like, that's a that's a good way to say, hey, it's actually kind of justified that they don't just like keep her here doing everything for them. Uh huh. Although yeah. at the same time, like you know, wherever Thanos is, it would make sense that she would go there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many stars would you give Ant Man? Uh, three. Yeah, three, three stars. And would you recommend it? Sure. Yes. Okay. All right. Hit the old check mark, and then we're gonna go into my list. And I saw Robin Hood, <laughs> which, which I'm gonna put. Oh God. Pretty low. Oh, was it better than Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? God, I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a one bracket contest. Oh, my God. Which was better? Uh, I'm going to have to say Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves was better than Robin Hood 2019 or 18. Sounds true. Because um, at least Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves was like tonally consistent. Yeah. Like it was, it was terrible, but you know, like at least lived it, in the same world the whole time. Yeah, and uh, the it had a hit song. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give this one star, and uh, that is a no, a no recommend from me. Sounds like a fairly generous one star. Yeah. Well, I gave Tank four three two one star, which is which is right below it. So, Robin Hood, the new Robin Hood movie, is going into my number fifty three spot, um, above Tank four three two, Mrs. Claus, and Batman and Harley Quinn, but below Aquaman, Solo, and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And then I'm gonna put Terminator Genesis. I'm gonna put it between After Earth and Hunter. And the new number 47 spot. How many stars am I going to give this? Uh, I'm going to give this two stars. Knew it. <laughs> but I will say check it out because there's some pretty decent moments in it. Yeah. I'll check it out when we do a commentary on it. Yeah. When we do a commentary track, it'd be fun. Like if you watch, if you want to watch a movie to make fun of and, and not have to pay super close attention to it's, it's, it's worth it. I guess it's, it's long though. Like it could have been way shorter. All right. So that wraps up our homework for the show. Matt, anything to plug this week? Um, do I have anything? I, yeah, I don't think I do. Yeah. Nothing to okay. plug. How about you? All right. Uh, just go check out thisweekinfilm.com. You can find out anything you want to know about the show there. Um, and I guess if that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. See you then. <laughs>